Welcome back to another episode of Together for Salem. I'm Aaron, and this is my lovely wife, Monica, and we are your hosts for this episode, which is episode three. Mm-hmm. So we want to give you a quick rundown so you know what to expect uh, for this week. Uh, we're going to just say hello to you, greet you real quick from our basement. We're recording this in our lovely basement in South Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk for a little bit, and then we're going to play a really quick game uh, called Would You Rather Quarantine Edition. And then after that, we're going to head over to our correspondents in um, south of Kubler Boulevard, uh, John. He's going to give us a message about fear and anxiety, which is a super uh, hot topic right now, really important, and give us some really good tips. And he's going to talk to his friend Nate about the anxiety Nate feels um, just in general and how he copes with it. And it's actually a really encouraging, sweet interview. So you're going to want to stick around for that. And then after all of this, we're going to do a giveaway. So our friends at Agape Custom Shop have made this amazing mug, which I'll get up and show to you. And um, so this mug is going to be part of our giveaway, which is cool. The link to their shop is in the show notes and um, you can click on that to order your own, or you can enter to win the mug. And we'll give you the details here at the end of the show. That's so true. they also made this awesome yep. hat for me, which is my favorite hat. Mm-hmm. You yes. wear it a lot. I do. Yeah. But you're also wearing that really neat shirt. That's, oh yes. Yeah. My new shirt, yes. Oh, I like it. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about that shirt. Well, this shirt is made by the Coswagon, and you will also be able to link to that at the end of this episode. And all of the proceeds, proceeds from the sale of these shirts mm-hmm. go to a local nonprofit of your choice. So yeah, you can actually choose from four nonprofits. Four different nonprofits in Salem. Our friend Dave has some pretty cool stuff. So yes, Coswagon is the place to Shout check that out. out. Yeah. Shout, Shout out. out to Coswagon. Shout out to Agape Custom Shop. And we're gonna get started here on Together. For, for Salem. Salem. I went back to work this week and my lovely wife Monica has also been working this week. So we really haven't had a lot of time to talk to each other this mm-hmm. week. So I, I should probably check in. You should check in with your loved ones, you know, pretty often. Um, how are you doing? Like, how did you do this week? How do you feel about things? Yeah, I'm yeah. doing okay. You know, um, it's a scary world out there a little bit. So I feel like I've got two options. I can either, you know, be on social media all the time and we be up on the news and know what's going on, which I want to do. And then just be really kind of scared and fearful, maybe a little anxious, or I can um, shut it all off and just kind of be in denial and just pretend like it's a normal day. We just aren't leaving our house. So, um, but I was really, really encouraged um, by what you guys are going to hear in a second from John. I feel like he did a great job of giving us a third option. Excellent. And that is what this episode of For Salem is about, that third option. So instead of panicky, fearful or in denial, we have another choice. And that's great. Door number three. Door number three. Because um, it's hard to tell because you're in our basement. Welcome to our house. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are a church in Salem. So uh, part of what we do here is, um, and we're doing it virtually, and church at home, we call it, um, (laughs) is encouraging people, um, helping people discover who God is, um, giving them some encouragement, hopefully be helpful. Mm -hmm. So we feel like John did that. 
Uh, another thing we like to do, though, is we like to have a little fun, right? Yes. Yeah, we like to fun have fun. Fun first. Sure. Yeah. Fun, fun always, right? <laughs> okay, but yeah, fun. You would say that. <laughs> I would say that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to play a quick game of Would You Rather, and we included our wonderful, wonderful group of middle school and high school students mm-hmm. with from our Youth Connect group. So we all got on Zoom, and we played a game of Would You Rather... Quarantine edition. So So you can play this along with your friends, a group of people. You don't have to use Zoom. There are Zoom alternatives. We'll link them in the show notes because people are a little nervous about Zoom right now. Sure. But we used Zoom. We used a waiting room and a password. and It was great. Mm -hmm. Um, But what they did is they grabbed something black and something white from their house to indicate uh, which thing they were choosing on the Would You Rather game. So Mm -hmm. if you want to go push pause on your phone or your TV or your computer, go grab a black and white thing. You can play along. And we'll also have some questions or the Would You Rather questions in the description or show notes with a really cool kids version. So if you want to play this as a family, there are some fun questions that an elementary or even a preschool kid uh, could answer and they can hold up their black or white thing or How's this for an idea? Sure. Sure. You can pick a side of the room, which is usually oh, yeah. how you would play it. But yeah. when you're playing it on Zoom. Close to a window. Yeah. The lighter, you know, further away. We use it. black and white items. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> here's the game. Would you rather quarantine edition? Dun, dun. Are you guys ready? First question. Question number one. Would you rather run out of toilet paper Order your favorite chips. I am seeing so many people, except because for one toilet paper person. is my favorite chip. They toilet paper. You don't want to be without chips. They can't be without chips. Hey guys, everybody, if you have a favorite chip, I want you to say it on three. One, two, three. Favorite chip. One, two, three. Limon chips. Um, Doritos. Number two. Would you rather do distance learning or go to actual school? Wow, okay, we got, oh, it's pretty split. Pretty split on distance learning well, is is black and school is white. Is that because your um, parents are not so great at the teaching? There's a friends. Awesome. Okay, number three. Here's a, here's a potty one for you potty folks who like the potty jokes, okay? Oh, yeah. Would you, would you rather fart on a Zoom or sneeze in a store? Sneeze in a store is white, which is also a scary thing to do right now, sneezing in a store. White, all right. You guys are all sneezing in stores, but you will not fart on a Zoom. That's actually a good thing. Let's keep the tubes down. Good. Okay, would you rather have to fold laundry twice a day or do dishes twice a day? Quarantine, would you rather? Dishes is white. My dishes or the family's dishes? <laughs> the dishes. All of the dishes. Just in general, yeah, the dishes. dishes. Whatever yeah. dishes are in the kitchen oh. twice a day. A lot of laundry that folders out there. You better. guys can come to my house and fold laundry. Johnny, that's good to know. Johnny and Andrew both want to do dishes twice a day. <laughs> hey. hey, babe. They're on it. All right, we're ready. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. Whoa, 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 time out. I already did Okay, what about this? Would you rather watch the same episode of a show for a week, and that's all you watch, or listen to the same song on loop for a week? You like the song, you like the show, but would you rather watch the show on loop? The show is the show is black. The show 
is black. The song is white. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Andrew pretty much has been listening to the same song on loop for a week, so I mean it's no different for him. If it's okay. The Simpsons, then I'll watch it. Okay. Do you have a show or a song in your mind right now? Can you say it on the count of three? Let's hear your shows and songs. Ready? One, two, three. Goldberg. I heard Simpsons, Goldbergs. Would you rather pump your gas or let somebody else pump your gas? <laughs> Jamil says, I'm pumping my own gas. Good. <laughs> Okay, good. I'm seeing a mixed bag on pumping gas because you guys don't drive, so you don't really care. But pumping gas is actually pretty fun. Here's a, here's just a more general one. This has less to do with quarantine. Would you rather see the future or change the past? You guys are too young to have regrets. Yeah, I have regrets already, and I'm 11. 12. Seeing the future would be amazing. Um, how about this? Would you rather work from home in your underwear or go to work in your jammies? Pretend you're a worker. Would you rather work from home in your underwear? It depends if you're or go to work in your jammies. Home is underwear is black. Jammies is white. Jammies is white. Go to school in pajamas. I'd rather go in my pajamas. I want to go somewhere basically. And I think. All right, last one. Would you rather Zoom with your friends? or be with them in person. Zoom is black. Be with them in person is white. Oh yeah, we oh. all have the same. We are all feeling that right oh, now. Jamil. Oh, for Jamil. Jamil, what? Or is that Nia? It's for daddy, I'm not white. <laughs> oh, hi, Nia. Nia, say hi. Nia, say hi. Good job. Jonathan won. Well, hey, I hope you're doing well. It's good to be with you. And you know what you know what's frustrating about that that would you rather game? You don't really get a choice. You know, like there's two options, sure, but they're both horrible. They're both things you don't want to choose. There's no middle ground. There's no getting to ask questions to clarify which one would be better. You just have to pick the least horrible choice and go with it. And really, it's a lot like this situation we're in now. The reality is we don't really have a choice, do we? There's, you know, none of us chose for this to happen. None of us chose for our normal reality to be ripped away, for our routine to be thrown off. Nobody chose that we, you know, this health issue. We, we have no choice on if we get sick or not. We have no choice on the economy and what our finances are looking like right now. We have no choice with the fact that we're stuck at home, either with like people who also are stuck at home and they just won't leave or, we're you know, stuck at home alone. We didn't have a choice. And no matter what questions we ask, no matter who we want to blame, this is still our reality. We're, we're, we're stuck with it. And though there are glimpses of hope that social distancing will slowly work, it's starting to look like maybe this will slow things down, things will probably get worse before they get better. And we don't know what the next news report will say. And honestly, that is scary. 
And, and right now, I feel like fear tells us we have two options. Like, would you rather? First Option number one, would you rather panic? Right? Where every itchy throat is a symptom, especially during, um, what is it? Allergy season. Thank you. So during allergy season, we have this itchy throat or, or a runny nose or whatever. Is that a symptom? Do I have it? Take my temperature. You know, would you rather panic? I, I have to buy every square of toilet paper I can get. And here's what we know, especially what the Jedi know, is that fear leads to anger. And, you know, we, we try to get angry at, try to blame people that, you know, it's all the Democrats' fault or it's all the Republicans' fault. And so there's one choice. We can panic and blame and have fear. Or, you know, we can, option number two, would you rather be in denial? Either deny it's really a problem, right? All of this is just some kind of crazy conspiracy for the whole world. Um, or, you know, deny the fact that you could get get infected. Like, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy, it won't affect me. Woo-hoo! See, denying that fear is real. Like, some religious people right now saying, you know, you need to have faith over fear. And it's like, that's, yes, in a sense, that is true. But these little nice sayings aren't going to help anything. They're not going to make reality different. It's We need more than that, I think. See, denial makes it so we can't deal with the challenges of our quickly changing world right now. So we have panic or we have denial. But here's the thing. Fear obscures reality. Because in reality, there is a better option. It's not this or that. There's, there's another option that allows us to face the reality of whatever life throws at us head on with courage, whether it's now or whatever comes in the future. And not surprisingly, I think Jesus has the answer for us in this new choice. And it's not, you know, rebuking the evil of COVID-19 or saying, have enough faith and you won't get sick. It's actually something we can all do. And honestly, it all has to do with perspective. See, here's the thing. The degree of power fear has over you really is determined by your perspective. How much power fear has on you is what you allow through what your perspective is. And so whenever Jesus talked, here's an interesting thing. Whenever Jesus talked about fear or anxiety or worry, you know what his answer was? Don't be scared. Don't fear. Don't do it. (laughs) You read that and, you know, you just throw a verse like that out there. Do not fear. And you're like, gee, thanks, Jesus. Like at, at best, that's naive. Just stop feeling that way. At worst, it's cruel, right? Stop feeling sad. You ever have somebody you're feeling sad? Says, oh, you know, you don't need to feel that way. <laughs> okay, thanks. That that clears it right up. Thank you so much. I feel so much better. Or, you know, don't fear. If you're fearing, you're sinning, you're not trusting God enough. It's just making you feel guilty over something you can't control. Now you're scared and guilty. You're even worse. You're like, thanks for making life even worse. And here's the thing. And you know this. I know this. We all know this. You can't control what you feel. That just happens. You can't control what you feel. But what you can control... You can control your thoughts and your actions. And so in uh, what we call the book of Matthew, we find one of the most unbelievable stories about Jesus. Matthew was one of Jesus' followers. He was an eyewitness to Jesus' life. And he, after Jesus died and rose again, Matthew was one of the guys who his job was to tell people about Jesus' life. And as he's getting older, he decides, hey, I need to write this down because I won't be here forever. I need to write down what it was like to be with Jesus, what he said, what he did, what it meant. And so he wrote that down, a biography of Jesus' life from an eyewitness. And we have it in what we call the New Testament, and we call it the book 
of Matthew. It's just an eyewitness account of Jesus's life. And in this account, we find one of the most unbelievable stories about Jesus. In fact, Matthew, when he experienced it, when he's writing it, he's like, look, I was there, but I, I couldn't believe it either. And so if you find this story unbelievable, you're actually really in really good company. But Here's, here's what Matthew writes about uh, an episode with, with Jesus and fear and all that. He writes, uh, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Jesus had been teaching all day. He's, he's tired. And they're like, hey, let's take a break. Let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It's, it's a larger lake. It's 13 miles long, 8 miles wide. And so they're going out into this lake. Experienced fishermen. A lot of these guys were fishermen before they started following Jesus. And so they say hey let's let's take a break let's get in the boat take a little sail and then the story goes on suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat so this boat is in the middle of the sea of galilee there's no way to like swim to shore experienced fishermen start freaking out the waves are coming into the boat the boat is about to sink and what's jesus doing well but jesus was sleeping taking a snooze, relaxing, which is interesting. See, in, in all the accounts of Jesus, Jesus doesn't panic. Jesus never panics. It's always like he's, he kind of knows the, the inside story. He knows what's going on behind the scenes. He never, he never runs around freaking out. Wouldn't that be nice? The disciples, however, his followers, not so much. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, trying to shout over the wind and the waves, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Now, stop there. Let's put that in perspective. These guys, these 12 guys, had seen Jesus teach, teach like nobody had ever taught before. Take on the religious leaders of the time saying, you know what, your rules have nothing to do with what God really wants for people. You're putting rules above people, taking on the establishment. They'd seen that with their own eyes and ears. They'd seen his authority. They'd already seen him do a few like impossible miracles with their own eyes saying, hey, you get, this guy can't walk. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Get up and walk. And the guy starts walking. They'd seen that. They'd experienced it firsthand. But still, they're overwhelmed by fear. See, they had all those experiences knowing that Jesus is somebody special. But they're still overwhelmed by fear. And here's the thing for, for us. Fear doesn't mean you're weak. Fear doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're a person. Everybody experiences fear. We all get afraid. Fear is not a sin. Fear is just an emotion that happens because something scary is going on. Fear is a feeling, not a choice. The choice is how we respond to that fear. And uh, an inter interesting thing, uh, in the gospel, the account of Mark, they kind of wrote the eyewitness account of Jesus' life from the viewpoint of the apostle Peter, records an interesting question during this exact same episode, kind of records it from a different point of view. When they're trying to wake up Jesus, they, they yell, don't you care that we're going to drown? Jesus, wake up. Don't you even care that we're all about to die? Don't you care? Like often that's the, that's the question of fear, isn't it? Don't you, doesn't anybody care? Are we alone in this? And that's what fear tells us. See, fear tells us we are alone. Fear tells us we are helpless, that we're alone and we're helpless. Does God even care right now? That question, if he exists, and maybe for some of you, that's a huge if. If God exists and loves me, like some people try to tell me, why is this happening? 
whether it's COVID or whether it's something else, why is this happening in my life? If he's good and powerful, why does he allow pandemics? Why does he allow suffering? And honestly, that's probably a question that's entered all of our minds this last month. If God is good and loving and all powerful, why is this happening? That question, that wondering, that doubt doesn't mean you're bad. Doesn't mean God likes you less. It means you're human. It means you you think about things. See, God can handle your questions. God can handle your doubts and he can handle your fear. And if that's a question you're kind of wrestling with, I would recommend two books, two great books. One's called The Problem of God, God, and the other one is The Reason for God. Check the show notes for where you can check those out and get them. I really highly recommend them. But doubts and questions don't mean you're bad, don't mean that God can't like you. It just means you're human. And so they say, Jesus, don't you even care that we're drowning? Wake up. We're about to die. And the account goes on. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? (laughs) Why am I afraid? Look around, Jesus, like they're shouting over the storm. Why do you think we're afraid? Have you looked around? Look, that's my shoe that just floated by you because the boat is getting swamped. What do you mean? Why am I afraid? And it says, you, you have so little faith. Why are, you, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Oh, you mean if I just believe harder, this, this wind will stop? It's not what he meant. And we'll get to that in a second. He says, why are you afraid? And so far, the only unbelievable thing that's happened, I said this is an unbelievable story. The only unbelievable thing that's happened so far is that Jesus actually slept through the storm. But it's about to get, you know, a little crazier. And what Matthew writes next is he's basically saying, look, I know what I'm about to write is impossible. Like, you're not going to believe me. You weren't there. But this happened. I was there. The other guys were there. You can go ask them. We didn't believe it, but this is what happened. And so Jesus said, Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up, rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. You ever scream at a storm? Just stop. Okay, I remember it's kind of like... um. One of the scenes in Harry Potter where Gandalf or Gandalf Dumbledore says, silence, and everybody just quiet. It's kind of Jesus stood up in a boat, this is about to sink, and yells at the storm, stop. Like at that moment, I would think his followers would be like, this guy is crazy. What do you mean, stop? But it says, then there was a great calm. And that great is actually pretty cool. It's a it's a Greek word where we get our word mega, meaning like in that moment there was a mega calm like insane ultra calm and the disciples react like anybody else would kind of one of the reasons i believe this is a true story because they're not like oh yeah that guy is cool this is what they say basically scared the disciples were amazed who is this man they asked even the wind and the waves obey him like what the heck just happened Matthew's saying, I know it's hard to believe. We didn't believe it either. And we saw it. See, they still don't get, and totally fine, I understand their viewpoint. They still don't get what and who Jesus was. They thought, you know, he was, like many people, he was just a great teacher. You know, he was changing society, looking out for the little guy. He was a prophet that could do some pretty neat miracles. But Jesus just showed them in person that he was even in control of nature. And they ask, who is this? which honestly is probably one of the most important questions all of us can wrestle with. Who is this Jesus person? We'll probably talk more about that in our next episode on Easter. So when Jesus asked, why are you afraid? Right, it's kind of a, a funny question with the, with the storm going on and everything. It wasn't like, why are you afraid? What's wrong with you? 
It wasn't knock, knock it off. Stop feeling afraid in the face of this real storm that can actually kill you. He, he was saying, don't you realize who's with you? Don't you realize who you are with, who's in the boat with you? I've never lost control and I've never stopped caring. He says, why are you scared? You have so little faith. And it's not a, a thing of, you know, just try harder to believe. You can't force yourself to try harder to, to feel something, right? See, faith is trust. Faith is choosing to trust in the face of fear. You still have the fear there, but it's choosing to trust in the face of fear. And it's not just trusting an idea or a religion or a set of rules. When Jesus says, why are you afraid you have so little faith? He's saying, why don't you trust me? See, he's saying faith is trusting a person. Faith is trusting Jesus. Why do you have so little faith? And so this idea took Peter a while to get. But the, the same guy who, who screamed at Jesus, don't you even care that we're going to die? He actually wrote this a few, few years later as, as he got older. He said, cast all your anxiety on him, on Jesus, because he, because he cares for you. Throw all of your worries, throw all your concerns, cast like you're casting a, a fishing pole. Throw on Jesus all of your worries, all of your concerns, all of your fears, all of your anxieties, because he cares for you. Peter, don't you even care that we're going to die freaking out in, in the face of this storm? Now can write, cast everything you're worried about. In the, and Peter was a guy executed for following Jesus. He said, don't worry about it. Throw everything on Jesus. Why? Not just because, well, God's bigger than the storm. Just have faith over, over fear. No, why can he say that? Because he knows he cares for you. What changed? His perspective. His perspective of Jesus, which then changed his perspective on life. How? And it wasn't, it wasn't just this miracle that changed his perspective. Peter watched Jesus die. And then three days later, he saw him alive. He talked with him. That would change your perspective on life. Basically, if Jesus can overcome death, which might be a big if for you right now, and that's okay. We'll talk more about that in the next episode. If Jesus can overcome death, there's nothing that needs to overwhelm me. See, following Jesus puts our fears, puts our life really in perspective. That's why he said, fear not, follow me. Fear not, not just stop fearing, but fear not and do something else. Follow me, trust me. Yes, fear is there. It's a feeling, we can't control it, but it doesn't have to force us into panic. It doesn't have to force us into denial. Because there's something more overwhelming and more powerful than fear. Jesus. And he knows you and he cares for you. So what do we do with that? Just, okay, thanks. That feels better. What do we do? In the show notes, you can, you can look at those after this. There's some helpful practical tips for anyone that can, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, there's some helpful tips. Kind of like, Stop reading the news every 10 minutes. Stop looking at social media every five minutes. Some, some common sense things. Check that out. See, the deeper answer to fear is to acknowledge reality. Yes, this is hard. Yes, I didn't choose this. But the reality is panic and denial are not our only choices. See, we, can, we acknowledge reality so we can choose to trust. 
And once we know we are taken care of, we can choose to trust, then we can choose to act. We decide to make that choice. So how do we decide to make that choice? If you're a Jesus follower, it's sim- you just simply say, Jesus, help me trust you. He knows that you're scared. He knows you're fearful. He wants to help you. He wants to give you courage. So say, help me trust you. Maybe read those eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Read about, learn about who you are actually following. Get to know who you're following. Know that you can trust him. Maybe make a thank you list. Look back on your life. Look back on your, or look at your situation now. What are things that he has done to show you that he cares for you? To show you that he loves you, that he's, he's, he's not going to leave you. I think if he's taken care of you so far, why would he stop now? And if you're not a Jesus follower, you kind of would like this. And maybe you're like, I don't even believe there's a God. This is all wishful thinking. But there's something in you that wants that to be true, right? That somebody loves you, cares for you, and is in control. You have maybe a few extra minutes in your day right now. Research this idea. Research Jesus. Check out the, those books I'd mentioned earlier and check out uh, the book, Can We Trust the Gospels? It's in the show notes. Read the Gospels. Read those books. Read the eyewitness accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Be open-minded. Right? That's We we're all need to be open-minded to different beliefs, different ideas. Be open-minded. Maybe even do something crazy. Nobody has to know you're doing this. Do something crazy like ask God to show you that he's real. Ask God to show you that you can trust him. And then be open to maybe he does show you. And then for all of us, be helpful. Choose to act. Stay in. Stay home. It feels like you might be doing nothing, but you are protecting people. The The number that it, they, they're saying that it's looking like the social distancing is working and it's saving lives. So stay home. And then stay in, check in with people, check in with neighbors, check in with loved ones. What do you need? Do you just need to have a conversation? Actually call them so they can hear your voice. Do the video chat thing. Check in with people. And then if you can, give out. Stay in, check in, give out. If people have physical needs that you can help, give. give. If they have emotional needs and you just can be there to support, give out what you can. Because here's the thing. Things will probably get worse before they get better. This storm is not going to just disappear right now. It reminds me of that bear hunt children's book, right? We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We can't go around it. We're just going to have to go through it. But we don't have to go through it alone. We don't have to go through it controlled by and overcome with fear. So let's together make the choice to turn fear into trust and then turn that trust into action. Because we're not alone. God is for you. And he is for Salem. And so together, we can be for Salem. Hey, everybody. We are here with um, the famous Nate Moody. Maybe you've heard of him. In episode two, I talked about telling my kids to keep two Nates away from everybody. This is the Nate that they're supposed to keep away from. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing great. I, I heard that uh, in the message, and I was wondering that uh, you know how you keep keep exactly six feet away since you don't know what six feet is uh, is like. So Nate is one of our uh, the members of our executive leadership team at Cross Creek, and um, he's been instrumental in helping start Cross Creek and keep it alive and keep it going. He runs one of our connect groups, 
Uh, he was the leader of the connect group I was in for a while until I quit because uh, he kept making short jokes, and I had to get out of there. <laughs> but, uh, Nate, this week we are talking about um, anxiety and fear around this whole coronavirus thing. And uh, you seem like you work at Garmin. You're a, what, what do you do at Garmin? I actually lead an engineering team of mechanical engineers. We design avionics for airplanes. Okay. So you're kind of a dude who's got it all together. You seem semi-fit and, you know, sort of strong. So many wouldn't expect you to be somebody who experiences anxiety. You know, I, uh, I've gotten that a lot because I've actually uh, uh, I've shared about the fact that I actually do struggle, uh, have struggled with anxiety and still do. Uh, and it's, that's kind of a common misconception. You, you end up uh, finding out that the more you kind of talk about it, there are other others out there that uh, you also experience anxiety. And I think uh, that's, uh, that's definitely one way to kind of to help the problem is, is by talking about it with uh, others. All right. So how long has this anxiety thing been a part of your life that you've had to wrestle with, deal with? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I, I never really uh, I never really experienced real anxiety until maybe a year or two after our first child was born, so about eight years ago. And I don't really know kind of what what brought it on, uh, other than just the culmination of of many stressors. Um, I had a, like a, a little health issue, and then work was getting busy, and but uh, uh, it just sort of overwhelmed me, and the feeling was was just sort of kind of crushing, like, you know, you just feel like you can't get away from it. Okay. Could you maybe go, for those of us who maybe haven't dealt with that in the past, and maybe maybe now we are for the first time, what are some of the ways that that feels? Like, you feel like this anxiety. How, how would you explain that? Yeah, for me, and I, I, I imagine it's probably a little different for everybody, but for me, it's like, uh, it's like an overwhelming, uh, almost like out-of-body experience. Like, I'm not like, I feel overwhelmed. I can kind of feel like, yeah, literally like there's a weight around my whole body and I, and I can't, I kind of like re retreat into my own head and have to like, you know, sometimes take deep breaths just to, just to kind of uh, compose myself. Um, kind of back to the first question, like I'm able to kind of hide that from people. Most people don't know that because uh, uh, except for uh, people I've shared it with and then my family who've had to kind of experience uh, that. Uh, but uh yeah, it can, it's a very overwhelming feeling and a feeling of helplessness and, and uh, yeah, lack of control. Sure. So that's, that must have been hard when you, like, first experienced that. And you're like, what is going on? Why am I like this? Like, what were some of the feelings you had around that, uh, that first initial anxiety attack, I guess you could call it? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I thought uh, the first time it happened, of course, I've always been – kind of to, to what you were saying earlier, uh, when I was a young man, I was proud and, and of my ability to do things on my own and accomplish things on my own and work hard and my, you know, sort of fortitude and strength. And, uh, so I felt, uh, insufficient and I felt, um, I guess bad about myself for, for having those feelings. Like I, I wasn't, uh, you know, good enough and you, you know like i felt i didn't know that other people felt that way and I, it made me feel insufficient right so you, you had that feeling and then on top of that you have the anxiety going on that's that can't be fun 
Right. That's it. That's kind of actually exactly how it works. It builds on itself because you start having those feelings and, but then you dwell on those things and it's, <clears throat> you've heard the phrase a spiral. It literally is like a spiral because uh, you keep the, the more you focus on the thing that's causing the anxiety, the more anxiety you have. Right. <clears throat> kind of feeds on itself. That's not a, that's not, that's not, that's not a cough, <laughs> just a tickle. <laughs> I know with, with allergies going on, everybody's looking at me all yeah. weird and I got to scratch my eyes, but I won't glasses help because I can't get in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so what are some of the things that you, you want to get fingerprints? That's true. That's true too. I want to be able to see you clearly. Um, so what are the, I know everybody's different, but what are some of the things that kind of set off your anxiety for you? So for me, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's been like anything as I've gotten older, I turned 40 this year, you know, little Jeez. health things and uh, I know, I know. Right. So <laughs> yeah, just the small health things like, right. You know, uh, that would happen. Um, I had like a little varicose vein on my leg and like that, like really focused on that for, <laughs> sorry, that was my wife. I just waved her. <laughs> Monica, you might want to edit that out of there. <laughs> Ramey. <laughs> like I couldn't help but focus on it. And I thought like, do I have bad circulation in my body? And like, you know, it just like spiraled. The more I thought about it, the more I thought I was falling apart and I was going to die young or something like that. Sure. And uh, so that was one example. And then other things are, uh, have been for me, just when things get really stressful and I don't feel like it's something I can cont- control or contain, you know, and that's what I think one real cause that, uh, is kids because, you know, we can't, kids are very overwhelming and they bring a lot of, uh, uncertainty and, and, uh, uh, tiredness and, and things to our lives that I think, uh, uh, can lead to, to feelings of anxiety. Sure. So you kind of talked about a little bit how, when you first experienced it, how you responded and how you reacted. Um, how has that response now changed throughout your, your life, your time? Yeah. So, uh, initially I, I really tried everything I could to kind of work my way through it, you know, through my own strength. Um, I tried, you know, everybody, you read all the articles on anxiety, you, you, you exercise different foods are supposed to be helpful. Uh, and, and I found those things, exercise and dieting definitely were, were, were helpful. Uh, exercise is a great like relief for that pent up pressure that you feel, you know, just getting that. I've heard it. I haven't experienced it in 20 years, but (laughs) I, you would never know. know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the, uh, uh, and then I, I really resisted, uh, uh, trying medication you know, I thought that would just be, that was, I guess, not godly or not Christian. I felt guilty about that. And I, that was something I prayed about a lot. And I, I uh, came, I felt like God gave me a piece about uh, taking some medication and that helped a little bit too. But I think the uh, biggest thing was, uh, and you talked about it in your message, how when you're feeling fear, you feel alone. And, and, and that's, that's sort of that, that spiral, you start feeling alone and you feel, start feeling more sorry for yourself. And I, I really like, uh, God led me through this journey where initially I was praying. I'd pray for God to take this away, take whatever health problem that was bothering me, whatever, or just pray for him to take away this anxiety. But I would just ask for that, like sort of magically to be gone, but I wasn't doing anything to about it. But over time, God taught me that I need to be 
putting my faith in him because he loves me and and he died for me uh and i tell people this a lot and i really believe it he he died on that cross and he would have done it if it was just for me and if it was just for you for any person and that brings a lot of a lot of peace and comfort so if you have a god that's willing to do that for you if jesus is willing to do that for you then it really helps you trust and put your faith in the fact that he's going to take care of you no matter what's going on in your life awesome. and i think that that's been the biggest thing uh i still feel anxiety but uh i am able to work through it much better now so how has the uh the covid-19 pandemic affected you with the anxiety and kind of your your newfound way of dealing with it with Jesus and all of that. I think, uh, oddly enough, uh, you know, we talked about stressors, like big deal things aren't like ones that, uh, I don't focus, focus on big deal things. We're all kind of going through this together, but just the, the extra stress of work's been really busy trying to keep, keep our business going. I work at Garmin, so we're trying to keep products getting built and, there's the worry of the economy, uh, you know, uh, my 401k and things like that. Uh, my w- lovely wife, who's been taking care of our four kids at home, and that's been a stressor on her, which, you know, and they've been kind of driving us nuts lately. And yeah, I think they're, too. the kids seem to be, yeah, <laughs> they, they love it. <laughs> they seem to have fun. Uh, their entertainment is uh, uh, making each other scream, I think. Right, exactly. So for me right now, I just feel over, uh, I feel a general sense of being overwhelmed uh, sometimes by this COVID-19 thing. I really just keeping having that faith in Jesus and and keeping my focus on him and walking with him uh, allows me to not, when I feel overwhelmed, that's where I go. I just, I just try to, I pray and ask for God's help with that. And I also think about how he's what he's done for me, both on the cross and then in my life and how he's gotten me through previous uh, situations and taking care of me through previous uh, uh, things that have caused similar types of anxiety and just remembering what he's done. So uh, as we finish up, what would you say to somebody who um, maybe has had anxiety for a few years and just felt they were the only ones who felt that way? Or maybe somebody who, maybe the same thing, somebody who's now feeling it for the first time. Maybe it's not like a medical issue, but they're really just fearful right now and anxious about what's going on. Yeah. <clears throat> well, like you pointed out in your, um, in your message that the, the best thing that we can do is, is learn about what Jesus has done for us and the promises that he's made for us and, and put your focus on him versus the things that are causing the anxiety. Um, and I also think another big one is, is, uh, you know, we talk about how we are for God's for us. So force for Salem. So we want to be for Salem. So focusing on others, mm-hmm. just not focusing on ourselves, And, uh, that's really hard to do. Um, and if you're having trouble with that, uh, if that's, if that's not, you might need somebody to help, help you do that. So talking about it, I think is important and asking for prayer. Um, and, and don't be afraid to admit that, that you're feeling that way. It's awesome. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you, uh, taking the time. Tell Ramey hi for us and, um, stay safe, stay sane with those four kids. We will. And I look forward to seeing all you cross Creek folk back, uh, when we get back together again someday soon. All right. Thanks for not singing any hymns. We'll talk to you later. Hey, wait, 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 wait. No, there's bye. Still there's still time. No, there's no. not. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Love you too. Bye.
that was really helpful and I'm really glad that um, we addressed this topic this week. I feel like I could go back and watch it again and unpack some stuff. And I really appreciate Nate's uh, open and honest, open, honest conversation with John. That was awesome. There are more um, resources in the show notes if you want to um, check those out. There's some links for you. Um, if you're suffering from anxiety, um, want some help, those are available for you down there in the show notes or the description if you're on YouTube. And if you're a podcast listener, you'll just have to pop over to our website, yourcrosscreek.com, and they're there for you as well. That's right. And it is that magical time where we reveal the winner of last week's Noble Wave $10 gift card. And the winner is... Misty! Wow, that's a drum roll. I got a drum roll, Misty, this week. Congratulations. Congratulations. Sometimes I'm watching you and I'm like, I'm not sure what he's going to do next. Because last week you did the Noble Wave. And I'm like, how is he going to top that? Full of surprises. Yeah, I don't know. We did promise um, that we would uh, tell you guys how to enter for this week's week's. uh, prize. The Sasquatch Social Distancing 2020 Champion Mm. um, Leather... I don't know what he calls these. Probably should have looked it up. But yeah. it's on his um, Etsy shop. There's but a Agape Custom it. Shop. It's, it's like a holder. It's like a coffee holder, but there's Linked. a fancy name for it. Yeah. Fancy name. Yeah. Um, super cool, though. And you can win it. And it's super easy. This week, all you have to do is comment. So mm-hmm. comment on the Facebook vid. Comment on the YouTube vid. Um, you can comment on an Instagram post that's featuring this uh, week's episode three. Mm-hmm. And you get entered in a totally random raffle giveaway. That's right. Yeah. To win this. So again, thank you to our friends at Agape Custom Shop. Check them out in the show notes. True. And coming up next, and this is the end of our episode actually, so thank you for watching. Episode three, this is the third one. Yeah. Episode three of Together for Salem. Coming up next, you're going to see some questions and I would encourage you to check out our Facebook group as well. That's in the show notes as well. You can link to that Facebook group there. So thank you for watching and we'll see you next time. Nice. Okay.